Hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Cheeseman and as you know, if you're a regular listener, then this is all things blue, all things Manchester City. And uh, we put the world to rights and I will introduce my guests in a moment. Uh, thanks very much for everybody who retweets and shares and all that sort of stuff. It's free to subscribe. And obviously I have a YouTube channel uh, called Ian Cheeseman Forever Blue, which I do match day vlogs and put videos up as well. Check that out. There was one done, of course, for the game uh, against uh, uh, Fulham yesterday. So uh, check that out. Loads of great, great guests and um, hopefully a fair reflection of what goes on on a match day. Now, my guests today um, are um, Harlan, who's one of my regulars, and that isn't Harland, that's Harlan. <laughs> um, we've also got wingman Nigel Klukas, who you'll see on Hello. my if you go down to the game. But we've also got... Uh, the one and only Mr. Tia, 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 To, Tia, To, Tia, to. How many people sing that to you, Danny? Do they still sing it to you? Danny Tiato, welcome. <laughs> Cheers, thank you very much, Ian, mate. A pleasure to be on the on the show tonight, mate. Is anybody singing that in Australia? Because that's where you're joining us from. Yeah, uh, not as uh, we don't have as many uh, Mancunians, uh, you know, here in uh, here in Queensland, Gold Coast, Australia. So, so it's only really me mates that uh, fly over from the UK every now and then, uh, still uh, give me some stick and uh, have a bit of a sing along. He's still a, a legend as far as a, a certain generation of City fans are concerned. I mean, you played with your heart on your sleeve and gave everything you got and, and you clearly loved your time at City, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like as I've always sort of said in interviews, uh, when people ask me where, where did I have my greatest uh, footballing experience and, and again, it's it's no denying it, it was at City. Uh, again, the roller coaster ride that uh, I had at that club, uh, you know, from uh, being in the in the old second divisions to getting promoted and then back down and up again. Again, it was a phenomenal, uh, you know, ride uh, that I had there and uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, my time there. Brave as a lion. That's how I'd describe you as well. Yeah, again, I was very competitive. Uh, again, I had that attitude that I didn't like losing, uh, didn't like losing a tackle, didn't like losing games. And yeah, done whatever it took to, to try and win a game. And uh, I think that's... Uh, that was my style of football uh, at the time, and uh, that's probably why it endeared me to a lot of a lot of supporters there at Manchester City. I'm I'm sure you've been asked this many times, but have you got a particular favourite memory of your time at City? Um, again, it would have been. Uh, I think I've, I've sort of, you know, I think probably playing against Manchester United that last home game at Main Road when we bet them three one. Again, for me, that was uh, yeah, unbelievable. I ended up uh, getting a, a big bottle of champagne and, and winning uh, Man of the Match that day. And uh, yeah, that was something that's always going to live in my memory and uh, something that uh, I'll treasure forever. There were people uh, who were listening to this who don't remember Main Road. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that there was a generation now who don't remember Main Road. But that last day when uh, I've talked to Sean Golter about it many times and obviously talks about dispossessing, well, maybe getting an assist from Gary Neville for his goal. But as, there was also all the build-up to it and fans waiting in the car park for autographs. What, what was it like for you that day? Yeah, again, every time we you know we got to play United, it was always at that time United were uh, were were a great side, so it was always uh, very hard to get one up uh, you know over United that time uh, around. So so to get one over them uh, at that game there at Main Road, and then you know just after after the, the lead up, and then also after that game again, that you just saw that the, the supporters were just uh, buzzing that we uh, got the result over them that day. So it was uh, yeah, a great experience. Everybody says their fans are special. You've played in front of other fans. You've seen other fans. A City fan special? 
Um, yes, and I noticed that probably uh, when I first signed, uh, uh, going uh, back to the old second division and uh, not I, I sort of knew a little bit of the history of the club, but but playing that first game at home, Mommel back in the old second division, and when you got 32,000 people turning up to a second division game, it was pretty special. And I realised from then on uh, that, you know, we, you know, we needed to, to do whatever we could to, to win games week in, week out. Because, again, you, you probably you don't see that in, uh, in, in many clubs that, that go down to those lower leagues, pulling that sort of crowd, you know, and, and that following. So, again, I knew it was going to be a special time and, and, a, and a great support base uh, for me to, to do well with. Have you got any special mates in that team? Do you still keep in contact with them? Um, it's it's interesting. Um, again, I I think uh, that the six years that I was there, we had that many turnover of players. You know, in those six years that I was there, it's it was actually quite hard to, to make friendships. Yeah, because there was a lot of players, you know, coming and going at that time. Uh, again, I, I I don't know how many players I think from the time that I joined and then the time that I finished, how many players would have came came through the the doors and then left. Um, it would have to be well over 60, I reckon, in those six years, maybe if not more. So, you know, again, it was hard. But again, the, the general core of the, the team, again, yeah, again, from when I started, you know, with, uh, you know, the, the likes of, you know, Nicky Weaver, Sean Goda, you know, Kevin Horlock, um, all the guys, you know, there. And then to the lead up and progression of, you know, Richard Dance, with this and Nicholas Nalka. Probably, that, that, again, there's hundreds of, there. <laughs> you know, there's the top boys of, you know, that, that came to the club, you know, as we progressed. So, so again, to, to, to gel and make that friendship, it was, yeah, it was great at training and games and all that. But again, there was always plays leaving at the end of the season and new players coming in to progress. And uh, yeah, again, um, you know, every now and then, you know, I speak to the likes of Paul Bosfeld, uh, Nicky Weaver, Mark Kennedy. And again, it's, you know, I'm going to work my way back over to the UK, uh, hopefully next year sometime and, uh, and come there and, and reunite with some of their ex-teammates and uh, and come to a few City games. So I'm looking forward to that. It's well known that Kevin Horlock was the sort of joker in the pack. Did he ever catch you out? Uh, he did, actually. <laughs> yeah, he was always a bit of a character, Kevin Horlock. Yeah, I can uh, remember one pre-season, uh, you know, training. Uh, you know, it was, it was really warm. Uh, Joe Rawl had us uh, running and uh, really working hard. And uh, Kevin Horlock uh, decided to pop in uh, a little bit earlier than everyone else and... Uh, and uh, yeah, as we're uh, drinking uh, out of those big uh, Gatorade, but uh, you know, containers, uh, we all pulling our drinks out, and uh, he's there laughing away. And uh, he goes, "Boys, are you enjoying that?" And uh, one of the boys end up taking the lid off uh, the top of the, the the container, and he's got his socks and his uh, his, jock, his jocks floating around in the top of it. So, so yeah, after that, I knew uh, to be very wary of him because he was always a bit of a practical joker. Happy times, eh? You're back yeah. in now. What what are you doing these days, Danny? Um, these days, I'm uh, well. I was involved in a little bit of coaching over here uh, in the A League uh, here with Brisbane Raw for a, for a couple of years uh, as an assistant coach and helping out. Um, but now I sort of backed out of the game. Sort of was coaching my young boy at sort of junior level. Uh, but now I'm sort of pulled back a little bit out of that as well. And uh, yeah, we've got a we've got an education over. My wife's got an education business over here called uh, Dakota Ball Readers Australia. And uh, yeah, we're helping uh, young kids uh, around Australia. Um, you know, learning to read and help them progress in their schooling at um, at sort of you know preschool and then up to up to the age of sort of 11, 12. So so I'm helping out. Uh, you know, with with that as well. Brilliant. What what do you think of the modern Manchester City then? I mean, I know you're watching from afar, but there's something special, aren't they? Uh, it's phenomenal. I, again, it's it's something that that club deserves, and and the, and the supporters there as well. So watching the rise of uh, Manchester City over over a, a lot of years now is has been great. And again, 
I don't hide, um, you know, my my love and, and, and passion for the for the club and uh, watching them uh, rise and win the treble last year was phenomenal. And again, just sitting back and watching watching the, the players and uh, and the coaching and the style of football they play. Again, you cannot, um, you know, just look in and, and, and just love the football they're playing at the moment. It's, it's phenomenal. You, you are a coach. You have been a coach. You've certainly been a player. When I look at that team and um, and think, what is it that makes it special? It all comes back to Pep all the time. It, it, it seems like whoever he signs, whatever players he brings in, whatever youth players come in, the pattern stays the same. The way that they play is is what breaks everybody down. Is it the pattern? Is, is that what the magic is? Yeah, it's definitely the pattern, but I think it's just identifying what players to bring into your club. Uh, will they fit into the system? Will they will they follow follow the path that, that Pep wants to do? And again, with 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 most of the signing, and I think with all the boys that you know he's brought in, they've all all hopped on board and they've actually you know got behind him and 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 you know they've played um you know wonderful football over many years now. So. I think that's again that that's what makes a, a great coach um, when he can identify and bring uh, certain players in who's going to follow that pattern. There's no use you can have as much money in the world as a as a, as a coach, but if you're not bringing the, the right players in, it's not going to work for you. So, and you can see that with uh, these other clubs that, that have got a lot of money to spend, but just don't bring in the right players to to fit in that pattern. So you can understand why you know Pep is uh, you know one of the greatest managers around. You saw Sergio Gomez create uh, the final goal yesterday, left back. Uh, very left-footed, left-back, reminded me of a little bit of a Danny Tiato. Do you think a 25-year-old Danny Tiato would fit into a Pep Guardiola team? Um, I don't think so, <laughs> to be honest. To be realistic, again, uh, mate, again, the, the 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 level of these boys, they're again, uh, they're, they're world class. Uh, you, you're getting the best of the best from all over all over the continent of the world, and uh, he's bringing them together and playing a style of football that, yeah, again. I love watching, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to compete. You know, uh, again, I think with the style of football that's changed, I think I would have been sent off uh, a lot more than what I did back in the day. <laughs> these days, very honest answer, thank you. Right, let's bring the other lads in who are on the podcast today. Um, let me start with Nigel, um, who is not only a big city fan and and uh, you know a great broadcaster, but also one of the hosts on a on a match day. And yesterday there was a. Uh, you know, correct me on my pronunciation in a minute, uh, but there was a, a big Brazilian fest because the latest club to be acquired by City um, is a Brazilian team. In fact, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. I'm just going to get Nigel to pronounce it. But what, what was that like for you yesterday? It looked as if you were having loads of fun. Oh yeah, it, do you know what? It was it was a good loss. First of all, thanks a lot. But it's great to be here. Hello to everybody. Um, yeah, it was it was great yesterday. I missed the first game because unfortunately I was on holiday, uh, so it was like the first home game for me, which made it extra special yesterday. But yeah, the Brazilian atmosphere around the stadium uh, was fantastic yesterday, and it's uh, Bahia. There you go, Bahia, which is uh, yeah our team in uh, in Brazil uh, again, a team with lots of history, and it was uh, it was great. It was it was just uh, we had the sunshine as well. It was it was a really good day yesterday. Enjoyed the uh, the, the build up. Yeah, and, and it it was Brazilian type football almost on the pitch as well. Danny, what what's it like having a one of City's team from the CFG in Australia? Is the is there a, a sense of belonging to City or they're just completely independent down in Melbourne? Uh, no, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a belonging uh, to the City group. You can just see uh, with their training facility, with the, the way they go about their uh, they're playing their football, their style. Um, again, they're, again, 
they're one of the stronger clubs here in uh, here in Australia as well. So, so again, that's not just uh, you know jumping on the bandwagon of uh, Manchester City, but I think every club that uh, you know uh, the City Group acquire, they all have to follow a certain style of football and and a certain way of uh, actually coming across with the with their supporters and the way they play. So, so I think that's that's a great thing about having the City Group that uh, acquiring these clubs. They're all uh, going and, and everyone's going in the same direction. So it's 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 great to see. It's not just the way they play football, though, is it? I mean, they all wear the sky blue shirts. I've seen New York City and and uh, Bayer were were wearing sky. I will be wearing <laughs> sky blue. But I noticed that Melbourne, when they were originally Melbourne Heart, wrote, wore different colours, and there was a little bit of initial resistance from some of the fans. Has that gone away now? I mean, did they, did they, are they glad to be part of the CFG? Yeah, there definitely was. Yeah, they were. Uh, they had red and white stripes and when they were Melbourne hard at the start when they started. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, they've definitely, I think the way uh, Manchester City has, has grown the brand, I think everyone was happy to to wear the sky blue and uh, and move in that direction because I think uh, when you wear that sky blue as a supporter, you're definitely going to be proud uh, when you see, uh, you know, Manchester City, the way they've gone and the way they play their football and, and what they've done over the years. And they've been very successful, haven't they? Yes, Melbourne City here have won the league a couple of times and always been, yeah, very competitive. So, but that but that helps with the City Group, uh, you know, actually dictating and telling, you know, what they need to do and who they need to buy and, uh, yeah, and the style of football they need to play, which is important. How do you feel about all this sort of CFG stuff, Harlan, as a sort of, I don't want to pigeonhole you as a, a diehard fan, but, you know, I know you're a, a Manchester City fan at heart. Uh, do you do you watch the other teams around the world? Does that bother you, or do you just ignore them? Uh, I, I don't know. Ian. It's difficult, really, because when when it when it when it first began, and we we, we partnered with New York City, and um, that that birth of that club became apparent to us all. I think we were all really really determined to to try and support the MLS as much as possible. I've always kept an eye on what New York City have done. Can't lie, I celebrated when they won the league. Um, thought it was a brilliant achievement. They're a great side and fully deserved it. Um, and over the years, we've obviously grown our, our club portfolio. Um, I think there's been this obvious aim to try and cover, uh, as Nigel alluded on, and as Danny alluded to with recruitment, really, to cover the continent. Uh, and look at trying to become a, a, a real global brand, not just saying global brand and, and hoping that everyone around the world knows who you are, but actually becoming a global brand by spreading yourself across the world throughout different clubs and organisations. And I think that we've achieved that now. And I think that what that will do is that will bring an increased amount of fans. It will bring fans from all around the world, which I've got no issue with. You know, if you want to be a big club, it goes hand in hand for me with with going as a football club to bring fans from all around the world and expect that increased desire to come to games and buy merchandise and all that kind of stuff, which is great to see. But if it wasn't for that openness from Blues, and if it wasn't for, or if it wasn't us being the way we are, I don't think that that by uh, yesterday and and the whole party that Nigel was involved in would would have been as powerful or as enjoyable for even Mancunian Blues that, haven't got one bit of Brazilian in the in the blood, so I think the fact that you know fans feel included in it all is brilliant. Um, but but in terms of you know keeping that Mancunian solid foundation there, I think that's important as well. And I think you know the, the club need to be conscious of that. Um, 
but, but for those fans around the world to feel involved with such a big organisation is, is very important, yeah. I noticed uh, during the time when the window was closing that City clearly made a decision to unload, if that's the right expression, Jao Cancelo, were having difficulty in getting him to Barcelona because Barcelona have financial difficulties. And if I'm right in what I've read, um, then there was a little bit of manoeuvring within the CFG to make that happen because I think a player, I think it was Garcia, went to Girona, who are one of City's clubs, to make space in the Barcelona squad so they could take Cancelo. So that's one of the sort of direct benefits, really, of this CFG. I don't know what, you know, obviously you can do mutual publicity, I suppose, for them all, and one lot of success breeds the other. But generally speaking, that that was a very handy piece of, of work that was done there, Nigel, wasn't it, to engineer that move? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't aware of that. I knew that Garcia was obviously wanting a bit more more football time, but yeah, if that's if that's what they've done and they've managed to uh, to move him in that way, then that's that's great news. Um, you know, there was I, I, I was a bit concerned as to where he was going to go. If he went back to uh, Bayern Munich, I thought that would have been a very cheeky, considering they had that buying clause uh, at the end of the first loan. That would have upset me a little bit, to be honest with you, a bit naughty, but. But the fact that he's gone to Barca, you know, good luck to him, really. That's it. He's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's good business for us, I think, getting him out of the squad. And, uh, yeah, some some interesting movement uh, in and out of the club over the last uh, month, Ian. Well, here we are now, four Premier League games in, four straight victories, Super Cup in the trophy cabinet and the Community Shield being the other game as well. We know the Champions League draw, we know the Newcastle uh, League Cup tie. Um, perhaps I could ask you four, you three, four, I'm one of them. Perhaps I'll give my view as well, but just, just to tell us what you think so far. Obviously, the Fulham game is the freshest in the memory. So, again, let's start with you, Nigel. What what, do you, what have you made of City's start? What did you make of the game against Fulham? Yeah, uh, it was it was a it was a good game yesterday. Obviously, a great result. Uh, just quickly, I can't not mention it again. I did tell you that he was going to get a hat trick, Carlo, before the game when I spoke to you, and that happened, which I'm pretty happy about. But no, uh, seriously, the first half was. Um, it was it was a little bit frustrating to watch. There was um, it wasn't it took us a little bit of a while to get going. A few players that you'd expect to, to keep hold of the ball were giving the ball away a little bit uh, easy, including like Rodri and stuff, who's uh, you know he scored a wonderful goal um, last week, and uh, and he, he, again he's 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 one of the best players, if not the best player in his position in the world. But uh, you know the, there's this you can still see we're we're, we're going to go up a few notches yet um but yeah with regards to the, the players that the, the played yesterday i know we saw doku um get a start for city uh he, obviously it's his first game he's not played in the premier league before but you can see he's he's an exciting winger he takes players on for fun and uh especially when pep gets back and starts working with him i think he's going to be a, a really big part of our squad this season uh an exciting player like that's going to get us all up off our seats and uh yeah he's good Kovacic again uh has just just fit in perfectly into that midfield with rodri um and uh 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with the window. Yesterday's game, the second half was 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 fantastic. It's the city we expect. Uh, are we going to talk about the uh, the Ake goal and and uh, everybody's been going on all all day about the uh, the offside and and uh, Akanji jumping over the ball but not touching it. Uh, I think that'll be one that's talked about all week. Really, would you have been happy if it was given against you? Probably not. Uh, so yeah, I mean, definitely not if we're honest. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll take it. And the the fact that it wasn't two one and it was it was five one uh, makes it a little bit easier uh, to take probably for Fulham. But uh, yeah, it was it was a very good second half. And um, like I say, we're just warming up. Uh, and um, you can see getting into that international break, four wins. First time we've done that in a long, long time. The best start we've had in, in years in the Premier League, probably our best ever, uh, is, is fabulous. So hopefully we can have a, a good uh, break, international break. You know, nobody gets any injuries, please, fingers crossed, and come back and continue to, to build with Pat back as well. Uh, it's a great start so far, Ian. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'll make my own comment then about that goal. You're right to, to highlight it. I mean, obviously, in the derby last year, there was a lot of discussion about Rashford stepping over the ball and the build-up to to uh, a goal. And, and the rule was changed as a result of that to say that even without touching it, that interference, you know, is, is significant. And that was further out. I mean, I would 100% say that was offside yesterday. I mean, as a blue, I've got to, I've got to say that it was 100% offside. If a bloke stood in front of the referee and then steps over at the last minute and the goalkeeper can't really know what's going to happen, how is that not offside? In, in, the, in the upshot of it all is that it didn't matter as you've quite rightly pointed out. But to have VAR, to have, you know, so much, you know, minutiae looking at things and still get that wrong, having yeah. also got one wrong recently where the referee, it was the United Wolves game where where Wolves scored a goal and, and the next week the, the referee and the VARs all got dropped because they admitted they got it wrong. Surely the same thing's going to happen there, here now. How can this possibly happen I mean they didn't have VAR in your day Danny I bet you were glad weren't you because I cannot stand VAR yeah uh, it, it's it's tough it's very hard to, to warm to the VAR but but again yeah it, even just that uh, that goal there from Mackie uh, again looking at it initially I thought hell they given it as much as <laughs> I want the goal to be given but but I was very surprised that they actually allowed that goal to, to stand but but in the end uh, yeah like Nigel said uh, you could just see City uh, you know in that second half become very do dominant and when you've got Haaland uh, you know a player like that who can score your goals uh, week in and week out uh, it's yeah again it's, it's very hard to be nervous now as, as a Manchester City supporter so so it's it's, it's a happy days really <laughs> moving forward. People said to me, you know, I'm getting arrogant because uh, I go to games thinking, oh, we'll win this game comfortably. And I say it to my close friends and family. And I say, it's not arrogance. It's just what you see in front of you. You know, and that must be how you're thinking, Danny. Yeah, definitely. When, when, when you watch them, you, you can see the, the quality through the whole squad, you know, uh, from the goalkeeper and, and all the players that come on. You, you, you really can't really stress too much, even though, you know, we might go down in a game, but you just see... The, the amount of chances that the, the, the players create, uh, uh, you know, from all different, you know, sides and, and parts of the field, you just sit back and you just go, you know, the, a, a goal or two is going to come and you're going to win the game out. So, so again, uh, I think it's, 
definitely a uh, much. Uh, I think it's definitely you know, the city supporters back in the day when, when I was playing. They're always on edge. You, you didn't know which way the game was going to go. So, so again, to 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 be uh, you know on the other side of it now, and watching watching City play as a supporter, I feel definitely more relieved uh, watching the city of these days than, than when I was playing. Hundred percent. And just this is a question from an ignorant position. Sorry about this, but do they actually have VAR in Australia? Yes, they do. They don't probably have as many cameras as they do over in the Premier League, but we do have VR uh, out here as well. But again, it's it's yeah, they get it right. Sometimes they don't. It's yeah, it's still a bit of a grey area at times. Even uh, here, it doesn't matter. You know, even just in the Premier League, you can see they they still they still little you know little glitches. They interpret it a little bit different. You know, the, the referees and the people up in the in the box in the VR box. So so again, it's something we have to to live with, and it's definitely not going to go away. You watched the game, Harlan, and you watched the game yesterday from your position right down low uh, in the south stand. And so I guess that uh, the view that you would have had of that goal um, by Ake would have been yeah. not that great. Well, you've seen the replays, haven't you? What, what do you make of it, of it all? Yeah, like we always say, I mean, to be fair, Ian, I've watched football from third tier, second tier, but Wanderers from halfway line, you look at football from different perspectives. You try and sit in different areas of the ground during cup cup runs even. Um I know I do anyway, but from where I sit, I've got a like a a really good eyesight view and eye line view of, of everything around that that self standard area and that final third of the pitch. When we're shooting that way and I think to me, live it just looked like a kanji was stood I mean, perspective-wise, like Kanji was stood near the front post, really, and that that Leno was not unsighted. When I watched it back in a replay, I almost it half looks, and I'm not saying that it's not offside, but it half looks like Kanji knows that Aki's head is going on target, and he almost tries to arc his body out of the way of it to move out of the way of it. That could still be deemed as interference, though, because it's a it's a it's another movement that could take Leno's attention away from. From the header, it's it's horrible and lucky if it doesn't count because it's an unbelievable header, really well placed, well met. Um, it's a legitimate goal by the fact that Akanji stood in an offside position. But I think we had enough rough last year with that. The one against United, of course, the Fernandez Rashford debacle, as you pointed out rightfully earlier, Ian, was one that left a bit of taste in my mouth. As you know, a, a major part of the season, really. Um, and although VAR needs to improve and they need to start getting things right, for me, it's just that old school rough with the smooth as if it never existed and you get some for you, you get some against you, you win some, you lose some. Um, and Nigel, you are right. If it had finished 2-1, the, 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 there'd have been a furore this morning about about City winning games, cheating again, 117 charges now. Uh, <laughs> you know, the that that would have been another one on, on the list. But um, you know, it is what it is. You know, we scored a, a goal, we got the goal, and then we pushed on. And Nigel's right. We, we were we were sublime in that second half. And we really an old English worldwide phrase really turned the screw on on Fulham, who are for me a good side and who could have beat us last year at home had they have had a Mitrovic. And it took a last minute pen last year from Haaland to win the game. So to go and beat them a bit more conclusively this year and you know, get get us, like you said, twelve points on the board, top of the division, looking strong, but with work to do 
to become that side that will really conquer team. I think that is, you know, and you can, you can say five ones are an unbelievable win. It is, but for us to go and pummel a side, I think it's going to be another couple of weeks, if not another month and a bit. But October, November time, December time, Christmas, people might start getting a whooping in. Well, we'll start. We'll talk about the Champions League draw and, and how the League Cup fits into the World Club Challenge and and all those things in a few moments. But um, I'm hoping you three guys will, will give me a bit of help now. I write a weekly newspaper column about City, and um, sometimes I, I, there's a, there's an obvious thing to write about, and I could write about that VAR and the controversy and everything. But uh, City seem to be so consistent and so good, and Every time I sit and write, I go, why are they so good? What What is it make makes it special? What does Pep do? And I know Danny's alluded to it a little bit by, you know, good recruitment and getting the right sorts of personalities. But, you know, I, I keep coming back to this thing where I think, well, every player that he puts into that team, I, I watched Oscar Bob, for example, quite a lot in the EDS and the youth team uh, and other players that have come through and suddenly Oscar Bob goes in there and um, we've seen Cole Palmer go in there. You know, we've seen other young players go in there and it's like they've played in that team forever. What 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 can I write that is different and original that tells this story to people who don't watch City every week? Do you want to have a go at that, Nigel? Go on, you you give us a... You're writing my column for me now. I'm cheating. <laughs> I'm copying your own work. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it, really? I mean, there's... They've, um, Oscar Bob, first of all, let's just say, I mean, he nearly scored yesterday, did he? He came on. What, a, what an opportunity that was for him yesterday to, to get some minutes and, and nearly get a goal as well. Uh, he was really, really unlucky at the end there not to score. But go on, what, say your point again, Cheesy, sorry. I can't. You know, look, how, how do you, you encapsulate what makes City special, the, the, oh. the original way of saying it? It's a, it's a tough. It, it, I mean, listen, this club is is just insane, isn't it? I think it's the journey of where we've been, where we are now, the ups and downs along the way, the way that now we, we, we feel like a different team. And and you know, as Alan said then as well, you know, we are we, 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 there's levels we're about to get to, and come Christmas, it does excite me as to where we're going to be. And I love that whooping. We're going to be giving some teams a right whooping, but yeah. Having having the 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 youth setup that we've got and seeing these 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 incredible talents get opportunities to play and get amongst the squad and you know pre season the fact that they get all these the the, the academy players and and they select a few to actually come on tour with them and and get involved and play with the team it, it's just a, a really special club and you know these these youth players now are getting to play with some of the best players in the world it's amazing. Uh, it's just, it's just a, an, an amazing club, and um, you know, I mean, I get to to be part of the, the match day build up and stuff, and and got to go to the Champions League uh, final and 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 host the fan zone over there, um, and and it's just. It's it's special the the, the way that the the, the 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 feeling between the fans and the way that um you know every single staff member feels like part of the journey as well and stuff like that and the stories of Pep giving his bonuses to uh you know all these all these different members of staff that are making them feel like the part of the journey and you know I think it's just a, a very very special club I, I just love it. 
unless you've proved it's it's not easy to answer. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a tough one, mate, isn't it? <laughs> what about you, Danny? What, what? I mean, you're further afield. You can watch it with a bit more distance. What? What? Why are City so special right now? Yeah, we've like just the, the the young boys that are coming into the side. Again, they're, they're coming in the side because they are special. Uh, they're they're not just your average footballer. They're they're talented. They're skillful. They're smart footballers. So for them to adapt into a in, come into a side like City with uh, you know the, the experience they've got, then then for their for them to make their runs to make their decision making, it actually becomes easier when you're playing with a, a phenomenal bunch of players around you. So and if you're just Again, Pep isn't just picking any any young kid to come to that side. They've got to be special as well. So, so I don't think it's uh, you know it's it's nothing uh, nothing dramatic and crazy uh, why these players are coming onto the scene at City. These younger boys and fitting in. It's because they are special footballers and they play the system well. So, so again, I I think they will create still uh, you know greater younger players like the likes of Foden who's come through Palmer who's just moved on as well. But but again, I you know if you're if you're talented and you're good enough. You will get your chance in that squad, in that side, and when you do, you you will perform. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So, so just watching these young boys come through and getting those op- opportunities is great to see. It. But, but like I said, I think they're they're special footballers, which will adapt to to the system that Pep wants to play. And and again, like the players, they got they got around them is phenomenal. Is the departure of Cole Palmer to Chelsea actually the best example we've got in recent times of the fact that it's actually in here in your head? that is just as important as the raw talent, because there's no doubt in my mind that Cole Palmer has fantastic raw, uh, uh, natural talent. He's, he's, I watched him come through the reserves, single him out straight away. He's, a, he's an amazing footballer. But when I watch him speak, and I don't know him, Nigel might actually get a little closer to modern footballers than I do. But when I look at him, and I don't mean this too unkindly, but he seems a little immature, a little bit sort of prickly, um, and, and has a different type of... And those are just the little clues, the body language and what I watch, et cetera. And yet when I watch somebody like Rico Lewis or, you know, Phil Foden or whatever coming in, I don't see that in them. So if you were um, Cheeky Begaristein, if that was your job, Danny, and you were looking for the players, is that what you're looking for as much as what their talent is, this personality, this... The fact that you are part of, of of a team and you have a team ethic and you are mature in the way that you look at football as a whole is that what you're looking for? Yeah, definitely. As as a coach, you, you got to make sure that that you are as as a, a professional footballer these days. You need to be well rounded. You got to you got to have everything. You got to have the confidence. You got to have the skill. You got to have the ability. You got to be able to to be confident uh, when you're. Again, I know it's hard because these boys are you know eighteen, you know nineteen, sort of young. But again, still have that 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 confidence to to speak and and you know come across you know in the right way as well. So so you do need that package if you want to be you know to play in that Manchester City side now. You need to have everything. Uh, you can't have a you can't have a kink in your armor. You've got to be so well rounded that there's there's no flaw to your game. You know whether it's on the field or off the field these days. So so that's very important uh, when when you are choosing these players and see who can adapt and who can you you develop to become you know one of the best players in the world. When you were going through your education, Harlan, am I right in thinking that sports psychology was uh, part of what yeah. you were doing? And you will have, yeah. you, you, and I know that's something that you're passionate about and interested yeah. in. When you watch these young players come in, um, do you see that sort of 
uh, what I'm talking about with Cole Palmer, that sort of body language. And uh, um, and by the way, I'm not slagging off Cole Palmer. He's a lovely, lovely footballer. And I've enjoyed watching him and good luck to him at Chelsea. But just those little, little clues. Have you seen those too? Yeah, I think, I think with, with, it's difficult in because Danny can probably speak more about what, what young footballers like Sean Wright Phillips were like when, when he was playing in our team. Um, I, I maybe like compared to, I don't know, obviously he's not in a dressing room now with our younger players now, but what, what were players like Sean like back in that late nineties, early two thousands era compared to a Cole Palmer now, for example, in terms of not really knowing or thinking that they'd made it yet and not, not thinking that now I'm a pro. I've got a big problem with 13, 14-year-old kids being told by parents and coaches that they're professional footballers going into school, playing for the school team if they're allowed to by the football clubs, going playing in, 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 in other teams as well and almost making other kids feel inferior to them at an age where they could very quickly be dropped themselves and be back in that pool of players again. And I, and I feel like it's a duty it's a duty for clubs to... And I'm not saying City have failed with this or, 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 or at doing this, to fail with doing this in any way, shape or form because look at how humble the players that have come through have been. But I think it, it's a duty of care to the player and their career path and their longevity to provide them with a realistic set of ambitions and a realistic explanation as to the level that they're actually at at the moment they're at it, rather than letting them think too far ahead. But it and is all in the head then, isn't it? It's all in the head. Yeah, yeah. maybe the difference between the likes of a Cole Palmer to a Recall Lewis is that maybe Cole just naturally has thought, I'm a baller and I'm going to go on and, and do this, this, this and this and this. And he's looking at the bigger picture and Recall Lewis's feet on the ground thinking, I'm just happy to get minutes. Cole wants more than that, and that's a that's that's a personal choice. It's a personal objective. I'm not saying he's right or wrong to think that, but maybe City isn't the club for you if you want that long term success right now. Pep's looking to develop you. If you want it now, go and join a football club that's had an overhaul, that's developing now as a unit, that have got to find a way of working going forward from this season on under Todd Bowley and under Pochettino. Perfect place for him to go now, Ian, because everybody don't know what's going on at Chelsea. And, Everybody doesn't really know how that's going to fit together. So Cole's part of, you know, the right team now. Um, he, and he's got a great, great opportunity to force his way into a team that right now isn't settled, whereas ours is. And to play in this team, you've got to be proving to Pep and 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 Juan Lilo and the rest of the backroom staff and, and Cheeky and Ferran that have influence over the way that we recruit, that you, you, you're you better than what we're bringing in. And if I'm honest with you... Um, I can't, I can't claim right now in a City shirt that Doku is going to be better than Cole Palmer was, although I think he will be. And I know, based on what I know about him and what I've seen of him, he will be. Um, but that's the choice we've made. And that is the choice that we have to live and die by. Um, but w- w- one more point on this, Ian, and it, it goes back to that academy system. And N- Nigel was talking about it before. I think you, you asked Danny a similar question on it. I think it is about making sure that, you know, you're... You're, you're selective, but that you are... You can't ever really know what position you're going to need to fill in four or five years' time. Do you know what I mean? So you can't develop that perfect player for what you might need in five years' time. But it's about making sure that you you try and develop every player to the maximum potential 
that you would want them at a certain age. And then that, that star might shine. And you look at how it's increased over the years. We've we've brought one through, Phil, maybe two or three through that have got minutes, four in in the last season. So it's increasing year on year, but it just proves that what we also do with that academy uh, system that we created all them years ago now is it's not just about bringing players into the city team. You know, this obsession with trying to do what United did in the in the, in the early nineties and bring in seven players and start them in year eleven. It's just not realistic in today's Premier League level of football. You know, young lads like that. You know, bring two or three and drop them in. What we do is though, and I think Nigel will agree, and I think it makes us all proud, is that we give these lads a platform to go and have a top level Premier League career or Championship career, having developed at the best level they could develop at the best for me, academy in the world. And it gives them a, a springboard. And I think that, that that's us doing our job as well. It's not just about bringing them into our first team. It's about giving them the best chance of a 20-year career in football. And I think on that basis, the CFG have succeeded. You're spot on, Sal. And then, of course, the other factor is that by uh, players going out and money coming in, like the 40-odd million for Cole Palmer, it creates this well of money. And bearing in mind that City are still facing, in theory, these charges from the Premier League, and we've seen them go through it with UEFA, uh, that they're, they're trying to do it in a way where they can balance the books so they can go out and sign a big-money player, you know, but, but balance it. And despite what... Some people think, looking from the outside, City are doing this absolutely right. Uh, they are not spending like Chelsea or other clubs. Uh, they're actually they are earning their own money by bringing players through and nurturing them, uh, coaching them exceptionally well, and then allowing them to move to wherever they move to if they don't fit into the City system. So that's something that that people definitely should uh, bear in mind. Now, obviously, the Champions League draw has been made this week. Um, I don't know whether the club will send you nice to any of these these three group stage <laughs> games, but um, last week, if you anybody listened to the podcast, will have heard Andy, who's a, a well travelled Wales supporter, who said the one team you don't want to draw is Red Star Belgrade. That will be <laughs> horrible and a nightmare for fans. That's exactly what City have got, along with young boys of Switzerland. Beautiful country, Switzerland. Can't wait to go there. Uh, and Leipzig, who City have drawn several times now, it seems. So, uh, first of all, Nige, are you going? And Babe, would you be worried about going to Red Star Belgrade? And what about the group in, in, in general? Uh, I've not, I've not, I've not, I don't know if I'm going just yet. I'm not going as a as a w working capacity. That I I only get to go to things like that when we when we provide a fan zone and stuff. So if I do go to any of these games, it'll just be be as a fan. But yeah, a Red Star Belgrade's a, a tough one to get to. No direct flight. You've got to plan your journey all over the place. I was speaking to a couple of people yesterday who were already making plans for that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as the draw is, it, it's not too bad, is it? I mean, there's no, it's it's a good draw for us, if I'm honest with you, compared to some of the other draws out there. Newcastle have got themselves a pretty tough group, as we as we all saw. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that draw. Leipzig must be just thinking for goodness sake, City again. Oh my God. And uh, obviously we've got Gavardi all as well now, so there's another connection and it, uh, Haaland's back again after what happened last year. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that draw. I think it's a, a great draw. Like you say, young boys, I know that was one of the ones a lot of the lads yesterday were, were, had already booked the flights for. They were excited to go over there, a lovely part of the world. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can't beat Austria and Switzerland. I wanted uh, Salzburg in that draw as well, yeah. but it never quite happened. Uh, on the football field, it is a good group, Danny, isn't it? The you know that I, I mean, I wouldn't expect City to struggle anywhere. They could win the whole competition again, but that group's made for them, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a good good group to be in, and uh, like I said, yeah, I think Red Star will be intimidating, but uh, won't have the quality. You got young boys again. The city will do quite comfortable with them, and then again, Leipzig. Uh, yeah, again, they'll give us a little bit of a run for our money, but again, like uh, Nigel said, yeah, we've sort of played them a number of times now and always got over them. So, so again, it's a good group to to start us off and uh, and get us moving forward for sure. Any, anybody listening to this will have heard you. You you are obviously still passionate about City. They're still very close to your heart. Um, do, because of the time difference over there, do you do you watch the games? Do you would you have sat there at whatever time it was in Australia when the draw was being made? Would you have, you know, how, how do you consume City, Danny? Yeah, again, I, I'd get up for for again more of the bigger games. Uh, you know, when when I know it's going to be you know a pretty intense game and and, and closer game, I'll get up and, and watch that with my boys. And uh, yeah, and again, like when they got to the Champions League final, yeah, definitely got up for those big games. So so again, it's something that that's that I, I love uh, getting up and watching, and especially the style of football and the way they play. Again, I'm you know I'm, I've got my uh, foot in, in the other corner where I'm not playing anymore. Uh, I'd love to be, but uh, those days are well and truly gone. So it's great just to sit back and, and watch City play these days. And and again, and you know, over the number of years now, I've just uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure to sit back and, and watch them uh, grow into into one of the best, or definitely the best team in the world. What do you think of the draw, Harlan? Yeah, I'm happy with it. Uh, like I said, um, you know, we 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 someone's getting whacked, and uh, one of those sides <laughs> could be getting whacked in. Um, no, to, to be fair, with all due respect, they've all done very well to qualify for the Champions League. You young boys have got in there. Um, you know, they're going to be happy with that. It, it makes a difference, you know, from Europa League and Conference League football for a side like that. It'd be brilliant to see City go and play them away from home in Switzerland. I know you'll enjoy that one particularly as well. Um, but what, what, what I would say is, that, you know, this, this furore again around an easy group, you know, I heard somebody says City always get an easy group, and I thought this is the this is the easiest group we've had in in years. Like when we first started, we had Barcelona and Bayern Munich in our group. I think in consecutive years, if I'm right, um, it gets easier the more successful you are in the competition. You know, like per se in terms of pots and stuff. So it's earned. It's earned. We've earned the right, um, not just after winning it last year, but we've earned the right over the last eleven years now, isn't it? in the Champions League to 12, 12 to, to, to have this group. Um, and like, like, like Danny said, you know, Red Star will be weaker and we should push them over. But, um, you know, game six, I think, is game six at Red Star, Ian? Is it game six or game five? Last one, yeah, yeah. It could Not be a rubber by then. So, United have lost at Red Star over the last 10 years in, in I think it was game six or in a second leg of a, you know, of, a, of, a, of, a, of an X round. Um, that could very well be a dead rubber by then, which will mean that Pep will rotate. And a bit like Basel's second leg Champions League quarters, you could lose it. Um, so Red Star might get the, the, the success over City and then they'll be able to join the Wee Beak City Club. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think look, can we win it again? Absolutely. Will we get out the group? Absolutely. And then, like you said, the big games come and... Um, 
it, it, it brings that age-old question back that you ask us every year around like February time, would you rather win the league or the Champions League? What should we focus on? So I'm going to ask it for you now in September, Ian. They don't um, need to focus on anything because they, they won them both last year. Yeah, I, I want to win. I want to win four league titles on the bounce and do what nobody else has ever done before. Um, so, of course, I'd love to. I'd love to win the Champions League again. Um, at Wembley, for me, for me, yeah, exactly. But for me, we ticked the box last year. If we can do both, brilliant. But for me, if we didn't win the Champions League, but we won the fourth title in a row, one, I don't think people would be that bothered that we didn't win the Champions League again. Although people might think the United fans will love it, they'll hate it more if we did what they could never do in English football. So let's let's get let's get out of the group. Let's go and win the the the, the league and um, see how far we can get in the Champions League again. But the grueling test that it was last year to to do everything we did and get through them last stages and keep Rodri fit and sharp and raring after playing all the games he played. Might just be a step too far this time round, but uh, we never know. Of course, there's the uh, the other competition. I mean, there's the FA Cup, of course, in in January, uh, and there is the World Club Challenge in Saudi Arabia, which comes into this question that which we're going to sort of conclude with here: um, the League Cup, um, which in your day, Danny, everybody would have loved to have won. Uh, these days, it's become the fourth most important. And City, of course, have won it several times. However, um, City away at Newcastle. And if they were to progress, I think I'm right in saying it's the quarterfinal that will clash with the World Club Challenge. And although we don't know the exact date yet, I believe it's the 7th of September when we'll get a little bit more clarity on exactly what date City will enter the World Club Challenge in Saudi Arabia in the semi-final stage. It's the same midweek that City would play in the League Cup if they advanced that far. So on the basis that that would then mean that City would probably play their youth team virtually in the League Cup, is a controversial question. I spoke to a City fan yesterday who said, I definitely want to win the League Cup this year. I want to win them all. I mean, nobody's ever <laughs> done that. And I, and I get that. But realistically, and you've just been talking about realism, Harlan, you know, about yeah. stretching too far and everything like that. Is it better? This is a controversial question, right? Is it better that City go out heroically at Newcastle than get to that quarterfinal stage, having you know advanced, and then more or less sacrifice the League Cup because of being in the World Club Challenge? I can see that's testing you, Nigel. So we'll get you first on that one. Yeah. Do you know what? I've, 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 we've got to get there first, obviously, haven't we? But I mean. Um, I would love to, to, I know it doesn't really mean massive amounts, but the World Club, World Cup, I would love to win because just because we've never won it, I'd love to get that trophy. That would be great. Uh, Newcastle haven't had the best start this season. I know they've played some big games, uh, but I I just think that we've got an incredible squad, Ian. And, it, and again, if it gives these youth players an opportunity to to get some minutes, then, then fantastic. But yeah, the power and the strength in depth that we've got uh, I think we can we can give both competitions a good go, to be honest with you. But to answer your question, I do like that that Pep goes for it in the in the um, 
in in the cup. I, I like that he plays a, a strong team, even if we we weren't playing against the Newcastle. I still feel like we, you know, he plays, he gives people yeah. minutes, and he plays some some of our big players get game time in there, and he, he just gets the mix just right in that cup competition. Uh, and we've been quite unlucky in the last couple of seasons to go out and not go all the way again in that competition. I don't think it'll be any different this year. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, depending how far they go, and hopefully they go all the way. Again, I think uh, you know the, the natural instinct as a, as a coach, uh, he would want to win both. Uh, you know, he wouldn't be trying to hold back. And and like Nigel said, you want to if you know those young boys get a chance, uh, they want to prove uh, their worth, and they'll they'll do whatever it takes to try and win. Uh, you know, uh, both both competitions uh, and both uh, cups. So so again, that's it's an important one. Uh, again, as a footballer and as a as a coach, you don't like losing and. Uh, when you're successful like City are at the moment, they'll be out there to, to try and win win both cups. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's every chance um, that they, they could do that, you know. So I don't think there's nothing – you can't put nothing past City and as a, as a, as a squad and as a, as a team. So so it'll be, be interesting to see how far they can get with those two. Alan, do you, do you sacrifice the League Cup or do you think this the youth team, City's youth team, or the, the EDS that I was watching the other day, capable of – Advancing through the quarterfinals, if they get there. Well, I think I think you, you look at the sides, and again, no disrespect to the sides we'll face in the Club World Cup, but when we enter in the in the semi-final phase, we should be we should be beating them sides that are in it. But yeah, but the, the, the City will take they'll take Rico Lewis, they'll take Oscar Bob. Even they won't be playing in the League Cup. They'll all go out to Saudi Arabia. So you're only left with what is currently the EDS, the under twenty ones that. Uh, beat Grimsby on penalties I think it was last week it's that type of team that will play isn't it yeah yeah it is um, but again you know what I'd say I'm not pet but what I'd say is I'd say go and play go and play it as if it was a Premier League game do you know what I mean go and treat it because they'll play a Premier League side against them lads it's a perfect opportunity to expose them to what it's like to play against them another Champions League side a top four side a Newcastle side you know, treat it like a Premier League game. It's a League Cup game. It's a knockout competition. But go and show me why you should be the next one off the conveyor belt and why you should be the next one to become part of this first-team squad. Um, and you, you, you never know, Ian. They, they could pull out a result. They could pull off a result. Um, is it realistic to expect us to go and do that with just that squad of players um, with how strong Newcastle are? Again, football's a funny game. Even we lost last year to Southampton. Nathan Jones, they didn't even want him there. We lost, we, we missed out on a quadruple because we lost 1-0 to a Southampton side that were poor in the league, that just caught us on the wrong night where everything went wrong. Nathan Jones is out of a job. Southampton got beat 5-0 by Sunderland in championship yesterday. Football is a funny game. It's never that funny for us, really, because we know how good we are. But that's how quick things can change. Within a year... We're back in the League Cup. Jones is out of a job. Sampson are losing 5-0 to Sunderland. And they were the side that denied us a League Cup and a quadruple. So it's weird, isn't it, football sometimes? Certainly is. Well, we're big thanks to MotoringOffenseLawyers.com, who are one of the new sponsors on the video vlogs that I do. Um, and they, of course, if you've been involved in an incident, speeding or camera or whatever, go to them and see if they can help you. Um, with thanks to them, to Nigel, to Harlan, and, of course, to Danny. Who, um... 
Cheers, boys. Always love watching you, Danny. Love your passion. Um, and and thanks so much for coming on again. Really appreciate it. When you get to come over here, contact, let me know you're coming over so we can get you on the vlog as well. Um, be lovely to see you in Manchester again. I'm sure you get an absolute hero's welcome. You'll get a brilliant interview from Nigel or one of his colleagues. So you'll, you'll absolutely love, love the, the trip over. Um We'll do it all again. Obviously, it's international break now, so we might do something different for the next one. Maybe we'll look at things off the field rather than on the field and get yeah. so we can get Mark from City Matters on and, and a couple of people like that. But in the meantime, thanks so much to you three guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Nice one. Just remember this, if you don't remember anything else ever in your life, it's great to be a blue. <laughs>